Thanks for listening to the Unlocking Athletes podcast, presented by the EAX Athlete Academy, where we dive into youth sports and everything that comes with it. I'm your host, Nate Woodruff, Athlete Academy Director and General Manager of Evolution Athletics Gym in West End, North Carolina, along with my good friend, Tyler Crump, CrossFit Coach Extraordinaire out of Greensboro, North Carolina. Today, we're tackling one of the most important topics facing people today, and one that is tremendously prevalent in the athlete community. Mental health issues are something that are becoming more and more prevalent in today's sports world among athletes of all ages. While we are certainly not experts on the topic, we do have experience dealing with some of these issues from a personal level as well as from a coaching and parent perspective. Athletes are definitely very susceptible to anxiety and depression because of the amount of pressure athletics can bring. However, so many coaches and parents don't talk with their athletes about how to handle it. Throughout this conversation, we talk about what we believe are some of the pillars of positive mental health as well as some practical ways to fight against those demons that so many people face. We really enjoyed this conversation and hope you do as well. Here's episode 12 of Unlocking Athletes. Welcome back to the Unlocking Athletes podcast. Um, Thanks for joining us. I believe this is episode 12. And today we're going to cure mental health. So we're excited (laughs) about that. (laughs) Um, No, but we are good. Yeah, yeah. We'll go ahead and enter that disclaimer now. We are not mental health experts or doctors. We are performance coaches. Uh, So we're going to give some opinions today, kind of talk through mental health from the coach's side um, and kind of what we've seen, what we see um, in our athletes, some things that can potentially help. Um, But obviously, mental health is a huge um, aspect, certainly in the sports world, obviously outside of that as well. Uh, But you see that almost every day uh, you'll see some athlete dealing with some sort of mental health issue. Um, So we're going to try to tackle some of that today and just kind of talk through, um, you know, what we see and what we believe as far as how to improve it um, and how to maintain quality mental health. So um, like I said, we're not certainly not mental health experts or anything like that, but I did look up some stats to make this an official podcast. Um, And if you look at the current stats, um, there's roughly 950 to a billion people that are dealing with mental health disorders across the world. Um, anxiety and depression are the kind of the top two. Uh, it's been up 32% from 2019 to 2020. Obviously, COVID having a big impact on that. Um, your lowest uh, kind of before age 19. So it's, as far as countries go and areas go and that kind of thing. So the kind of 19 and below ages, Africa and low middle income countries. So if you look at a lot of the data, a lot of the data basically states that the more money is involved, right? The the higher financial bracket you fall into, the more likely you are to have some kind of mental health disorder, which is interesting. Um, Let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Before COVID, you can see the the data shows that kind of that mental health disorders really peaked in 2001, which is interesting with 9-11. Um, and then it kind of went back down. And then, then with COVID again, you saw another obviously huge peak uh, in mental health stuff. Uh, typically, it peaks between ages 35 and 50. Um, and like I said, anxiety and depression are kind of those, those top two. Um, they say in the United States, 21% of adults are experiencing some sort of mental, some sort of mental illness. Um, did those numbers surprise you at all? Or is that kind of what you thought? No, I think that's very normal. Um, I think that I think more people struggle with mental health than they actually realize. I mean, I did for a long time. Like my wife is a, um, biblical counselor by degree. And I remember when we moved to Ohio, um, just (laughs) dealing with everything that happened in Ohio and she's, she was like, sweetie, I think you might be depressed. I'm like, I'm not depressed. I'm a happy person. And the more I looked into it, it was like, no, I actually, I do struggle with depression. Um, so I think a lot of people don't know or just don't want to admit that they struggle with it. So I think those numbers are very, um, if anything, they might be a little low just because of the people that don't realize that they struggle with mental health issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I see both sides of it, right? I, I can definitely, I definitely see the side of people not wanting to admit that they have any kind of mental health issue. Um, 
or just, you know, like you just, Hey, I'm a happy person. I'm, I don't have any mental health issues. Um, so I definitely see that side of it, but I also see that, like, I think it can also be used as a real blanket statement. Um, like I think mental health is definitely a buzzword right now. And a lot of people are saying that they potentially have mental health. And also there's probably a bunch that maybe just kind of have some thoughts every now and then, uh, yeah. like bad thoughts or whatever. And I think those are two different things. Um, so I, I've definitely seen it in, in both lights, uh, with, with people in my family, with athletes, with all kinds of stuff that I've seen. Um, but I think there's a lot of like underlying problems, obviously, um, you know, w with making it such a blanket, kind of a blanket statement, yeah. right? Like there's obviously absolutely people who physiologically, neurologically, um, even in your situation, even in your situation, like maybe because of, you know, a situation that they're in or, um, some past trauma or struggles, like those, those all kind of factor in and those people absolutely need, you know, medical, psychological resources and that kind of thing. Um, but I also think there's a big, I don't want to, it's not the majority, but a big number of people, you know, that just have anxious or depressive thoughts and just like, don't know how to handle them. Sure. Right. So I, yeah. I kind of see those as, as separate situations. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and to me, like the reason that that becomes a problem is like it has, it ends up having a negative, a negative effect on society. Right. So there's, there's limited resources right now in our world to help mental illness. Right. If you look at insurance carriers and all that stuff, like most insurance carriers don't have very much for mental illness. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that is because they can't afford it. Right. You've got a hundred million people or whatever I said earlier, nine, 970 million people. Yeah. Right. That potentially have mental illness. There's no way an insurance carrier can service that many people. Right. Um, so what happens is the people that really need it aren't getting it mm -hmm. right because it's such a widespread thing. So, um, like that becomes a problem. Um, and then I think the other factor, and, and I think we saw this with COVID a little bit, um, is like, I think as a society, we become what we focus on. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, when, when COVID first started, everybody was like, this is like, this is worldwide killer. This is going to kill everybody. Yeah. This is like the most terrible thing that's ever happened. And come to find out, like, it was really just kind of the vast majority of people uh, who were seriously affected by it already had those prior poor health markers, right. That would have been affected by the flu or cold or pneumonia. Like those would have done this, a similar, um, had a similar effect. Right. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think? And I don't know, maybe we'll get into this later, but like, do you think that it's also, um, I feel like a lot of people are predisposed to mental health issues. And then it just takes something that kind of like sets it off, right? Like, yeah. like if COVID had never happened or something like to that degree had never happened, there's a lot of people that maybe never would have experienced the mental health issues, but because mm -hmm. they were predisposed to it, but just hadn't had that like catalyst yet. Yep. And then COVID was a big catalyst for a lot of people, right? So I think that there's, it's, it's not just a like, I think that, like you said, like some people can take it and use it as a an excuse to basically do what they want to do. But some people, like it's, I don't know, it's hard because you see people, and it's not just with mental health, but you see this with a lot of things. Like they abuse um, labels, they abuse help, whatever, like whatever they're getting. And obviously you see that with people they're like, Oh, well I'm depressed. So I can't go to work or I'm, I'm anxious. So I don't need to take care of my family or whatever the case may be when it's just a, an excuse to not take care of their responsibilities. But I also think like with COVID that it was very much of a, um, people just hadn't had that catalyst. And then because it was such a worldwide thing, so many people had that catalyst that, brought in what they were predisposed to already and that's why it was such a big um eye opener to mental health does that make sense yeah absolutely um and you're right like it's so hard to distinguish between those right like because absolutely there are people who 
and that's why you see the spike with 9-11 and you see the spike with like any major mm -hmm. worldwide catastrophe type situation like there's going to be a spike in mental health issues and it's both right it's there are absolutely people who that like triggered them and all of a sudden like they started to feel those mental health effects mm -hmm. and then there's other people who are like oh i'm going to use this for my benefit yeah. and yeah. you know what i'm saying like that's why it's such a like a a hard a hard topic and a hard thing to distinguish um because i again i, I think that there's certainly a large number of people who have very serious mental health issues that absolutely need the psychological and medical treatment and help um but we've got to we've got to find a way like as a society to be able to distinguish between the two somehow and i don't have an answer for that right um because you're you're limiting if if we keep going the way we're going right now you're taking the treatment away from the people that need it mm -hmm. right because of the number of people that say that they have a mental illness right so I think that's that's a huge issue. Um, I can't remember what all the numbers were, but it was like an incredibly low percentage of people who claim they have mental illness actually can afford treatment. Yeah, um, it was it was I can't remember what it was. I think it was under ten percent. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and it was even lower for like youth, right? Because there's not a oh, lot sure. of youth. I mean, so it was crazy. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's an interesting topic to talk about. Um, like I said, there's there's just limited resources to be able to figure out, like, and and how do you tell somebody that, like, no, you don't have mental mental health issues, right? Like, how, right. how do you have that conversation with somebody? Like, you do, but you don't. Yeah, um, I know you guys feel the same way, and you feel depressed, but no, you're not really depressed. Um, so it's it's a hard conversation to have. It's a hard topic to, um, to kind of distinguish between who's just using it, because I'll give you another example, right? If you think about um like the welfare welfare system back in the day right 1964 they they bring in this welfare welfare system and the idea was to help people who were uh less fortunate right to be able mm -hmm. to give uh, you know money to those people one of those groups was single mothers right so if you if you look at the 10 years prior to that um there was a 33 percent increase in single motherhood before the act after it you have an 80 percent increase Dang. Right. So it's like you're you, they're almost incentivizing you to be a single mother to destroy kind of that nuclear family idea. Mm -hmm. um, and there's all, all kinds of statistics out there about, you know, kids that don't have fathers in the home and leads to higher crime rates and higher suicide rates and all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, so it's like, did one cause the other? I don't know. Like, you know, so there's there's a lot of interesting factors in there um, that kind of you become what you focus on type situation. Yeah. Um, so as far as kind of like healthy, like becoming kind of mentally healthy, right? A, a lot of who we're talking to in this podcast is athletes, parents. Um, so how do we kind of develop that? How do we put that together? So I kind of have three, three pillars that I think about when I think about mental health. Um, and you can obviously chime in on what you think as well. But the three things that I really kind of think through when I'm thinking about this is perspective, identity, and purpose. Um, and, and I think it, it starts with perspective. And I think that where, where we fall as coaches, like this is where we fail our athletes a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. And we've talked about this a little bit on this podcast before, but I think we do a really poor job overall. I'm not saying you and I, but overall, I think we do a really poor job of like reminding athletes, like this is just a game. Yeah. Right. Like this is just a weekend CrossFit competition or this is yeah. just a, um, you know, very few things that we do really, really matter six months from now. Mm -hmm. Right. Or and even less a year from now and even less five years from now. Um, I was talking to some of my athletes um, yesterday and I was I was asking them, like the three biggest sporting events in the world. Right. You think about the most watched events in the world. Super Bowl, World Cup, and Olympics, right? So I asked them who won the Super Bowl five years ago, who won the last World Cup, and who won the 100 meters of the latest Olympics. No, nobody knew any of them, right? Right? Like these are the most popular sporting events in the world that everybody watches. 200 million plus people watch Super Bowl. Don't know how who won, right? Right. So it's like keeping that perspective of, hey man, like I understand it's important, and I'm not minimizing how important it is to you right now. But let's also keep the perspective of like, this isn't going to matter overall. 
Like right. when my life ends, this particular game or competition or weekend is not going to matter. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, is, is perspective something that you have a lot of conversations with your athletes about? Like, how do you kind of broach that? Uh, I kind of yes and no. Um, to be honest, I haven't had a lot of people that were like that have that deal with that um, kind of bigness of their sport. Um, like most of the people I deal with and, and to be fair, a lot of people that I, I coach are adults and I think adults have a better, not, not a perfect, but a better grasp of that. They've lived a little bit longer. They've seen people die. They've seen sports go on. They've, you know, they've had those conversations. Um, so I think, you know, I've had to remind some, you know, where they're like, you know, in a multi-day um, competition and they're like, well, I, you know, I didn't do as well as I wanted to on this event. You know, it's like, well, the whole, the whole competition's gone. It's like, no, it's not, you know, giving them perspective in that of like, one, that's just not how CrossFit works. Two, that doesn't even if you do have a bad event that doesn't mean you don't continue to try on your other events but i've i've rarely had to deal with the person who's like my life is over because i didn't win this competition you know yeah. um but i think that it's it it can also i think it can show itself differently also you know like uh, some people are, could be very vocal about it of like you know I, there's no point to even doing this sport anymore because I didn't win or I didn't do as well as I want. You know, the open starts today and people, you know, I inevitably are going to get through the open. And they're like, well, I thought I was fitter than I was last year. Why am I even doing CrossFit? I'm going to go back to Pilates or whatever it is, you know? And it's like, no, it's one season, you know, like it's okay that you don't have a good season. If anything, let that be a driver for you to continue to work hard in this thing and not just be like, well, I'm going to hang it up because I didn't do well this one time. So yeah. I think perspective is there's a macro level of perspective. And then I also think there's like these um, like meso and micro perspectives of like, you know, the day to day perspective, the season perspective, and then the entire sport career perspective does that make sense yeah yeah no i had i had a similar conversation with uh with one of my athletes on monday um or no it was last week last week they did maxes at the high school that i coach at um and one of my kids texted me and was like like i, I couldn't hit 205 i felt like i should hit 205 on power clean I couldn't hit it and was only hitting 185 slipped out of my hand he was like all upset about it and i was like dude you're a freshman in high school right like no college you have bigger goals than this right like no college coach cares what you maxed your power clean on in february of your freshman year right like let's keep this in perspective like it's okay to be upset and that kind of thing um but like this is one day there's so many factors that go into a max day um uh, like you know how you slept how you ate what you ate that morning mm -hmm. how much water you drink like what your mental state is did you have a test be before that like there's so many factors that can go into that like let's keep in mind that Again, if your goal is to play college football, like no college football coach cares what you maxed your power clean on February right. of your freshman year. Like right. nobody cares on a random Tuesday. Um, but yeah, like conversations like that and just changing people's perspective. But it's so important because if you don't have that perspective, like your world can crumble really mm -hmm. fast. You put so much emphasis on all these little things um, that don't really matter. Yeah. Um, you know, even even like different conversations and arguments that you have with friends and family and spouses and stuff. It's like, like those may be really important for that moment. Right. But is it really going to matter a week from now? Is it really going to matter a month from now, six months from now? Yeah. Right. I, I think that the, the perspective part of this whole thing comes down to expectations, right. Of like, what, what are your expectations? Are they reasonable expectations? And really, I think expectations are one of those things that like we hold way too tightly to for everything and everybody, right? Because no matter what you do, no matter who you're speaking about, 
we're always dealing with imperfect humans that even as hard as they may try, they're going to let us down. Sports will let us down. Like you talked about before, I don't remember who the guy was, but like um, you were telling me he was giving a speech and it was like winning doesn't owe you anything. So you can try as hard as you want. You can do all the right things and you'll still lose. Like, so having expectations that actually fit, really having expectations of expecting that things aren't going to go well all the time is probably your best way to have the best perspective. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to go well all the time. And like again, at the end of the day, like that's the thing that didn't go well probably isn't going to matter a year from now. Right. You know, like those things are even like, and I mean, you can think of real world examples too, right? Like job interviews and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, and those things like you and I have had interviews like that, where it was like, we didn't get the job and it was like crushing for a second. Yeah. Like, man, I really felt like I deserved that. Um, or maybe you got fired from a job or something like that. And you're like, man, I've, I did not deserve to get fired from that job. Yeah. Like I, or I deserve to get this job or whatever. And it's like, again, at the end of the day, like that perspective of, Hey, this is not going to like end my life. Right. Like yeah. there are bigger things in this world that could be happening to me, um, that are happening to other people around the world that are much more serious than what I'm going through right now. And I have a current job and I didn't get this job. Okay. Like it but, sucks for the moment, right? It doesn't minimize the struggle or minimize the pain for that moment. Yeah, exactly. But having that overall perspective of like, hey, like this sucks right now, but like in the long run, five years from now, when I have a whole new job, I'm not even going to remember this. Yeah. You know, like, I, I think as long, I think like what you said is like understanding that it's okay for it to hurt in the moment and it's okay yeah. for you to not be okay with it in the moment or even for a little bit of time, right? Because I trying to minimize pain, because call it what it, like it's pain. Like yeah. you didn't get something that maybe you were super qualified for. Like my wife and I have this conversation a lot because she, her job, it is unbelievable the people that are her authorities. It's like, how in the world did you get this job? You have <laughs> like, I'm, I'm completely under the conviction that if somebody is my boss or my authority, they should be able to do my job. And like four of her authorities up can't do her job. Like her, her immediate boss can't even do her job. And so you're like, how in the world did you get here? So I think that it's okay to in the moment of being, not okay with it because if you try and play that like no i'm fine when you're really not that even leads to mental health issues right that yeah. leads to um like hiding things or like bottling stuff up to where you have explosions later on down the road and you deal with anger or resentment or whatever it might be so i think like you said like it's okay that in the moment, in that situation, that you're not okay with it. But remembering, like we've talked about with everything else, like this, your whole life isn't wrapped up or consumed with this one situation. There's so much more that makes up your life besides the yeah. thing that you're dealing with. And it sucks. And it's okay for you to say that it sucks. Yeah. But remembering that your life is made up of more than just this one situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that really goes into the kind of the second thing that we're talking about, which is identity. Um, and we've, we've touched on this on a couple of podcasts before. Um, but again, this is something that I see a lot in the athletic performance world where you've got athletes that essentially identify or define themselves by like, I'm an athlete. I'm mm -hmm. a basketball player. I'm a CrossFit games athlete. I am a, whatever it is. And then when that is somehow taken away from them, like you just crumble. Right. And, and, and really, that, that can show itself in so many ways, right? If I identify myself as a football player, you know, all through high school and then I get to college and all of a sudden I'm, you know, bottom of the bench, right? And I'm uh, trying to, and I've been a starter my whole life. I was the best player on my high school team. I was maybe all conference, all state, whatever. Like when you get to college, you drop back to zero. Right. So it's like, you know, how do you deal with that, right? If you, if your whole identity is wrapped around, you know, being the best player on whatever team or being the best, you know, CrossFit athlete, and all of a sudden that's gone. Now what? Maybe you get injured. Yeah. Right. Like all those kind of things can happen. So um, I'm sure you've seen that. I know you've seen it in the CrossFit world with some of the elite athletes that, 
um, you know, took a year off from competing. Yeah. Right. I know Mal O'Brien's taking this her second year off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so um, she's out. Haley Adams took last year off. Yeah. I, I thought I saw somebody else that just took a year off for the same thing. I don't remember who. Maybe it was Mal O'Brien again. But yeah, like, but I've also seen the flip side, right? Um, what's her name? Uh, curly redhead girl. She used to be a brute strength athlete. Now she's with Mayhem. What's her name? Oh, Emma Carey. She she had to take a year off because she hurt her back. But in that year, she was like, she said that she she was doing that exact thing of where it's like uh, everything rode on her being the best of the best. And she realized that when she stopped putting that kind of pressure on her, she actually started doing better. And she enjoyed it more which made it a lot easier her, for her to train harder. And it's like when, when, when we take, and it can be sports, it can be a relationship, it can be a job. And I think we're all guilty of it somewhere, somehow. When we, we take this one thing and it becomes the thing that is the most important thing in our lives and it becomes our idol and it becomes the thing that drives us and it becomes this, this thing that it was never meant to be, it actually consumes us and makes us worse at what we're trying to do. Cause yeah. it's, we're putting it in a spot that it was never meant to be. So it's not, it's not fulfilling its role in our lives. Yeah. And I think like, even if it's a good thing, exactly. right? like even if it's a good, like that's the challenging part is like, there's nothing wrong with being a great athlete. There's nothing wrong with being a, you know, a great, father a great husband you know yeah. a great mom like all those things are really really good things in themselves but if your complete identity is wrapped up into something that can be taken away from you in an instant right then like that at some point that that's going to crumble mm -hmm. um and i've i've struggled with this too because like like i love being a dad i love being a husband like i that's those are things that i wrap my identity in and then i have to remind myself sometimes is scary and as a bad of a thought as it is is like if something happened right to where i lost a kid or lost, like i don't obviously never want to think about that and no one yeah. ever wants to think about that but like I, that would destroy me yeah. <laughs> i would i you know and and again it kind of goes back to what we talked about before like i'm not minimizing that by any means and saying oh we'll just get over it and move on yeah. like you know i'm not saying that but like finding your identity in something that is immovable is the big key. Right. Um, and, and you and I obviously share a Christian faith. We believe, um, you know, I have a lot of the same beliefs. And when we wrap up our identity in Christ, like that's an immovable object for us. Like that's not going anywhere. That's always going to be the same. We're always going to be in that relationship. Right. So if we put our identity in that, that never changes, that never goes away, mm -hmm. no matter what. So we can have that security um, and kind of that safety net there as opposed to wrapping yourself up in something else. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's the key is like, and really anything that, that basically isn't Jesus is, is movable, right? Like it has the opportunity and most likely will happen that it's not going to be there anymore. Right. Like at some point, like you were talking about your kids, I don't have kids. So that my, my wife is the most important relationship in my, in my life. <clears throat> at some point she's not going to be here anymore you know and as horrible as a as a thought that that is like everything will pass at some point you could win like like you were talking about five years ago who won the super bowl i don't even know who played in the super bowl five years ago that was 2019 that's crazy um yeah. but you know even even you get these like repeat winners like the Matt Frazier's and the Rich Fronings, right? In ten years, you go, hey, who won the games in two thousand twenty one? Oh, don't know. Yeah, right. And but like Jesus doesn't move, right? Yeah, he's he's not going anywhere. He doesn't change. He's he's always been. He'll always be. And that's the thing that where it's and even as Christians like. I like I've told you, like I I still deal with depression. I still deal with anxiety when I lose focus of who Jesus is and who I am, right? Like when I start putting so much emphasis on this thing or this thing or 
this circumstance, that's when the anxiety and the depression start rolling around, right? And yeah. again, this is not to minimize the the depression or the anxiety of anybody, right? This is not a pray your way out of it. This is not a just have a stronger faith and you won't deal with these things type of things. Like yeah. I, I saw some guy say that he was like, you don't have depression. I'm like, no, people have depression. Like, don't say that. Yeah. I mean, as a Christian counselor saying this, I'm like, dude, no, but <laughs> there are things that can help with it. Right. Sometimes that means medication. Sometimes that means just talking to people. Sometimes that means you being honest with who you are and the situation you're in. Um, yeah. But so that's not to minimize anybody's struggles or issues, but there are things that can help get you through those things. And again, sometimes that means having a better perspective of, hey, this game that you lost, this championship that you lost is not your entire world. It's not your entire identity. It's not right. who you are. Like this is a part of your life but it is not your entire life and helping yeah. people understand that, that it's just like understanding what this role or what this thing has in your life, like the role that it has in your life and helping them understand and keeping that in its lane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that perspective and identity definitely go hand in hand. And what's interesting is if you look back at like all these like ancient philosophers and, you know, even throughout the Bible and all these kind of things, like there's always this idea of um, like the Stoics call it memento mori, right? Where mm -hmm. you have this idea of like you think about death and it sounds so like solemn, right? To think about it. But at the same time, it's like, no, like that's the perspective that you really need to have. Right. Right. Like, th like this is coming at some point, you know, and so having your identity in anything else other than Jesus, that's something that's immovable right is going to fail at some point mm -hmm. and just remembering keeping that perspective of like like hey i didn't get this job i lost this game you know whatever it might be i lost a friend or a family member or something like that like that sucks and it's so hard right but at the end of the day like there's still more life to live yeah. right there's still more things that i'm here to be able to do um but yeah i, I think perspective and identity definitely kind of go hand in hand um and then the, the last one that, that we'll kind of go through is, is purpose. Um, and I think when you, when you think about um, somebody that struggles with depression, right? A lot of times, again, I'm no psychologist or anything like that, but I think a lot of times it's because people don't feel like they have a purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and that goes back into identity a little bit too, right? And, and you don't feel like you have a reason to, to be here. Um, and so I've got I've got two quotes that I'll read through here. Um, the first one is by a German philosopher named Frederick Nietzsche, um, who said, "He whose life has a why can bear almost any how." Mm -hmm. Right. So essentially, like if you have a reason to do what you're doing, like no matter what happens to you, like if you have that why that's strong enough, right, you're going to continue to go. Um, and and you can kind of like put that into a micro sense and like a workout, right? Like if I'm, yeah, for sure. If I have a bigger goal to do something, you know, go to their CrossFit games or go to the NFL combine or make the WNBA or whatever it is. Like if I have a bigger why, then it makes the how not necessarily easier, but it gives me a reason to continue to do it. Yeah. Um, so that's the first one. The other one is by Jordan Peterson, uh, which is, and this is in 12 rules, 12 rules for life, which I'm listening to right now, which is really good. Um, but it says, don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you are going to miss it for success. Like happiness cannot be pursued. It must ensue. And it only does at the unintended side effect of one's personal dedication to a cause greater than oneself or as the byproduct of one's surrender to a person other than oneself. Happiness must happen. And the same holds for success. You have to let it happen by not caring about it. I want you to listen to what your conscience commands you to do and go on to carry it out to the best of your knowledge. Then you will live to see that in the long run, success will follow you precisely because you had forgotten to think about it. Um, so, yeah, so it, it was just kind of interesting to think through that. And we talk about that a lot with like growth mindset, right? Like mm -hmm. focus on 
things that you can control, do the things that you control, do the little things, big things, take care of themselves, like a lot of coach speak stuff. But I think that purpose is a big one. Um, you know, and, and again, from a micro level in a, in a workout or in a season or something like that out to a macro level of like, if you have a bigger purpose in your life, like now everything that you do is focused back towards that. And we go back to, you know, the Christian faith, right? Do everything as if you're doing it for the Lord, right? Like those are all biblical principles that you also see in all of these, um, you know, philosophies and those kind of things. So I think that's kind of an interesting, yeah, interesting piece. I, it's hard because like, like that, that Jordan Peterson quote where he's, he's like, don't focus on it for basically forget about it. Don't pursue it. Like it's not important. And it's like, but that's exactly what you're trying to accomplish. Right. So how do you, how do you do that? How do you take something that is important to you that you do want to succeed in, but not act like it is important. And I think that that kind of boils down to what we've been talking about of like, Hey, like with us, with athletes, this thing that you're trying to win is important. We get that. It should, it's important to you. It's important to us. But if you pursue, like, like we've talked about before when we were talking about like goal setting or yeah, goals, or it's like, you can't, you can't make a goal of an outcome. You have to make a goal of actions. Right. So like if somebody's like, I want to go, I want to be a D one athlete. Cool. If that's all you focus on is being the D one athlete, instead of focusing on what it takes to be a D one athlete and doing the things to be a D one athlete, you're not going to be a D one athlete. But if you can focus on not being a D one athlete, but doing the things that will lead you to being that good of an athlete, that's when things start to happen. So in, in our conversation here of like when, when things happen that are unexpected, when things happen that can, that can lead, that can be that catalyst of, man, I'm really struggling with this, whether, whether it's sport or relational or circumstantial, whatever it might be, I'm really struggling with this with, I'm struggling with how to handle this. Right. It's, it's a lot easier to get through it by not focusing on that thing, but focusing on just how do I continue to conduct and handle myself through this, as opposed to focusing on the thing that I'm trying to get through. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, my boss talks about it all the time. He talks about output versus outcome. Um, right. And and focusing on the output and not worrying about the outcome, like the outcome is going to take care of itself. If we focus on the output, um, yeah. And, and again, that goes back to like perspective and, and purpose or and uh, identity, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're, if your overall goal, like you mentioned, is to become a division one athlete, like, cool, let's put a pro like it's the process, right? The process in place to be able to do that. And yeah. that way you're not putting all this effort on like, Hey, I missed a two Oh five clean my freshman year of high school. I'm not going to be a D one athlete. It's like, no man, you just missed a clean today. Like, yeah. It's okay. Like, <laughs> You know, like the overall goal is still attainable. The process is still in place. The yeah. process is going to take you failing sometimes. That's okay. Right? Like you gave your best effort today. Okay, cool. Let's do the same thing tomorrow. And let's keep stacking those days on top of each other. Um, and just like creating that process of, and and in the mental health space, I think it goes into what we're about to talk to here is like stacking little wins on top of each other mm-hmm. right like certainly if you struggle with depression or anxiety or anything like that it's not going to get solved in a day right, right. they're not going to just make a decision like hey I'm not going to do this anymore cool right. All right done um right like there's little decisions that you have to make every single day and it's the same thing in training right like um a really good analogy that that we use a lot is move the dirt mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and the idea is like training even like getting over a struggle or anything like that is, is like moving a pile of dirt, right? Some days you get a shovel and, or a tractor and you can move a ton of dirt and you feel great. Other days you get a spoon. Right. Right. And, and so the idea is like, let's move a little bit of dirt, whether it's a shovel or a spoon or a tractor, right? Let's, let's just make a couple of good decisions. Let's just yeah. kind of move in the right direction a little bit and let's just try to keep stacking those days. Yeah. Right. Um, 
yeah, again, these are these are not uh, medical opinions, but these are definitely things that I think are very practical for especially the audience that we're talking to with athletes and parents and kind of how to develop that in athletes. Because um, I think a lot of this, <laughs> a lot of this is parents being able to like develop that in their kids because mm -hmm. um, they're the ones that spend the most time with them. Right. So and that's stuff that like I try to do and I think about and I'm not certainly not an expert at it, but developing that mindset of like, hey, let, like, let's understand perspective. OK, you don't get to watch TV tonight and you're crying about it. That's probably not that big a deal. Right. right? Like, I understand you're upset about it. You really wanted to finish watching Sleeping Beauty or whatever. But like <laughs> in the long run tomorrow, you're not even going to remember this. Right. Right. And so like starting to instill that perspective. Um, same thing with identity. Like, you know, we, we talked about my daughter on here a few times with basketball and it's like she's not the best player on her team and she gets upset when she doesn't get the ball. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Like you gave your best effort. You tried really hard. Like I'm super proud of you. Like those types of things, um, I think go a long way in determining like, Hey, your identity is not how good a basketball player you are. I could care less. Right. You know, like I would rather you win a kindness or like she won our kindness award yesterday at school. She brought it home and like showed me and was all excited about it. And I was like, I love that so much more than I love you playing basketball. Right. Like, you know, like, so just kind of building that in uh, as parents is huge. Um, and we could do a whole nother podcast on that about just the kind of the rec sports league travel situation <laughs> with yeah. parents and winning and like just the whole thing. But, um, but yeah, those are huge. And then just like creating that purpose, right? Like understanding that, Hey, as kids, like you have a bigger purpose than what you do at school and what you do um you know on the field or on, on the court or whatever like you're meant for more than just that yeah. right like there's a bigger plan for your life um and just helping kids understand that i think is huge as as parents um yeah so let's let's dive into that process a little bit so i've, I've got a few things um and I, I think i'm gonna probably trademark this at some point um <laughs> but I have a really basic acronym for like things that we can do to like, again, the putting a process in place of stacking good days on top of good days. Um, the acronym is hug. And the, and, and again, it's just about like the different decisions that we make. So um, kind of three different areas. The first one's healthy, second one's useful. And the last one is grateful. Um, so if you look at the stats again, because this is a real podcast, I looked up and did some research. Um, and it says that the average person makes about 35,000 decisions a day, right? So some of those are unconscious, like where you put your foot when you walk and all those kind of things. Um, and then some of them are like conscious decisions, like what I'm going to eat, when I'm yeah. going to do certain things, what I'm going to say, that kind of stuff. Um, so the idea is, you know, let's take some of those decisions and twist them around to make them more positive decisions. So again, the first one's healthy, right? I think if we can be make intentionally healthy choices. Um, so maybe that's like, you know, eating vegetables that you don't normally eat. This isn't stuff that you normally do, right? This is something that you would do that would be different than what you normally do. Um, so maybe it's more vegetables, different vegetables. Maybe it's turning down a dessert. Maybe it's a workout. Maybe it's a walk, a run, um, you know, a bike. Maybe it's just getting outside, right? Maybe it's yeah. smiling. There's so much science out there about smiling and the, uh, like the hormones that it creates, uh, in your brain, um, spending time with family, like maybe it's just putting your phone down at night and not being on your, on your phone when you're in bed, right? Like there's a lot of healthy decisions, um, that I think go a long way. Yeah. Um, do you talk about a lot of those kind of habits with your, with your athletes? Uh, yeah, but it, it's not in the sense of like, um, like mental health. It's in the sense of like, Hey, you need to sleep better, so don't be on your phone till two o'clock in the morning. But, right. but back to like what this entire podcast is about of like mental health with me specifically, and so I'm guessing with other people who have dealt with anxiety and depression, sometimes that next best decision is literally just like get out of bed because, yeah. like, uh, they're on those days that that stuff hits, you know, and and like. I, I realized and, you know, thank God for my wife. We realized it together. That was like three or four years ago. And, and even on days that I still wrestle with it now, like sometimes the, 
best next or the next best decision for me is just to get out of bed. Like, okay, get up. That's it. Yeah. Then once I'm up, it's like, okay, go eat some breakfast. That's it. Don't worry about anything after that. Just go eat some breakfast, you know? And I think that sometimes we make it into these massive, like, it has to be a complete overhaul of our entire lifestyles. And it's like, it doesn't need, like, I love your, your move the dirt example. Like some days you've got it and you can use like a backhoe and you're moving loads of dirt. And then sometimes it's just taking a handful of dirt and moving it. Like that's all you've got for the day. And that's fine. That's okay. Um, so doing what you can. Um, but yeah, so I think just understanding that the next best thing, do that. Don't worry about the two down the road. Just worry about the very next best thing. Do that. And then pick it up from there, you know? Yeah. Um, and again, some you know, it could be something like you said, like eat a vegetable. Like I talk to a lot of adults who don't eat vegetables and like, I don't feel good. Like, well, it's because you haven't eaten anything that's been grown in months, you know? Um, but you know, for people that really do struggle with mental health and that really are having a hard time with it, just get up. Like sometimes you just stand up, start there. And, And, you know, maybe it's just getting out of bed in the morning. Maybe it's just getting off the couch when you're just in having one of those slumps of just like, just stand up because sometimes that's exhausting. Sometimes just getting out of bed is exhausting and, but it kickstarts that momentum of like, okay, I did a hard thing. And for some people it's like, and I know some people listen to this and go, it's never been hard for me to get out of bed. I don't understand that. Cool. For a lot of people, it's very exhausting getting out of bed. Understand that. Be okay with that. Yeah. Be okay that your experience is not their experience. And and that's another thing of like get people in your life that you can be honest with. Yeah. Like you can you can call up and go, hey, I'm not having a good day. And and on top of that, be willing to tell people you're not having a good day. I think right. the 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 lost art of openness and honesty goes a long way especially when dealing with mental health like the more you try and hide it and hold on to it the worse it gets so one being willing to just go hey i'm not okay because here's the deal everybody in some capacity is not okay right Mm -hmm. so like you call up your friend and be like hey i'm i'm not doing well they're like me too like (laughs) cool you know so being being honest enough to go, I'm not doing okay, but also being able to have those people in your life that are like, that they will just listen. And when you lay everything out and just pour it all out and they go, okay, what do you need from me? Not judgment, not, I can't believe you you're going through this. I can't believe you didn't tell me this sooner, whatever those things are. They're just there. Um, Because most people that struggle with mental health, they feel alone. Right. And feeling alone, again, makes it worse. So yeah. when you find those people that you're like, okay, I've got, if nothing else, just one more person that I can just talk to with no judgment, with just understanding and just being there, that that's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. And you talked about momentum, right? Like making that one decision of getting up and, you know, and it goes the other way too, right? If you don't get up, like yeah, that usually spirals you the other direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's a lot of value in just again making making one healthy decision, right? Like let's just make one healthy decision, whether it's for your mental health, physical health. Usually those intertwine, um, and let's just do one thing. And there's so much science behind, like what you said, having a conversation with a friend, right? Being able to to share and be honest with somebody, like. The stuff that that does neurologically for you is huge. Same thing with like getting outside, just walk outside, mm-hmm. right? Just get sunshine, vitamin D, like those, there's so much science behind that. I'm certainly not smart enough to bring all that uh, <laughs> into this podcast. Um, but yeah, like, and and what was interesting is I recently was able to have kind of a conversation with a performance staff, uh, military performance staff. And one thing we talked about was cell phone use. And we, we looked at a chart, um, study was called 
uh, it was done by Sapien Studios or Sapien Study Group or something. I can't remember the name of it. Okay. But it looked at, this is slightly off topic, but kind of on topic. Um, it looked at the age that a child gets a smartphone and their likelihood for mental health issues later. Um, and it was like from 10 years old, like some kids are getting smartphones at 10. If the, they said, if you get a smartphone for a kid at 10, they have, it was something like a 94% chance of having mental health issues later in life, like 94%. And there's people, there's parents that are giving their 10 year olds smartphones. It's like this, this is data, right? This isn't just like a, we think like this is actually happening. Um, and it's just like this inverse graph, right? Of like the older they are when they get a cell phone, the less chance they have of having mental health, um, not a cell phone, a smartphone. Yeah. Um, and it showed the sweet spot of being like 14, 15, right? Kind of when you get into that, into high school, you see kind of the drop off a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. And I think a lot of that is obviously social media driven, um, comparison driven, those yeah. kind of things that you see. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think just making those little, those little decisions, trying to stack one decision on top of another one, even if it's just one decision that day, great. Like that's one decision you didn't make yesterday. Cool. Right. Like, hey, let's let's move forward. Right. So that's a big one. Healthy decisions. Um, the second one I think is just being useful. Um, and I've seen this, uh, you know, with people in my in my family group, friend group, just being useful. Right. Like, look for a way to be useful to someone else. Um, I think there's so much value in that, uh, especially as a man. Like I know, um, like I've been around guys that like when they feel like they don't have a use anymore, right? They just like, why am I even here? Right? Mm-hmm. Like if I can't help you do something, if I can't help the world in some way, like, why am I, you see it with military guys all the time, right? You get a lot of this military guys when they get out of, um, when they get out, it's like, like I had such a huge purpose my whole life. And now like, I don't feel useful anymore. Yeah. So it's yeah. developing like a way like, no, man, you're still important. you still have a use. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger wrote a book on this called literally called be useful. Um, right. And it's, it's kind of around this topic of like, you know, as a kid, maybe it's like, let's just do an extra chore, right? Let's sweep the floor. Let's vacuum the rug. Let's put, you know, some clothes away or whatever it is, maybe do some laundry. Um, and as adult, maybe it's like, let's just help somebody, right? Let's put somebody's grocery cart back in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Like I think doing the st- again, stacking those, those are little things, but like stacking those things together and feeling like you have a reason to be here, uh, like intentionally looking for those opportunities is, is so important. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't remember, maybe, maybe it was Bree who told me this, but like, like in, in those times of like, it was my wife. She said that she was like in, in that, like, when you're struggling with these things of like overwhelming, um, you know, circumstances or whatever the case may be, like if you go out and serve in whatever capacity that is, if that's like you said, like something small of like, Hey, I see that you're headed to put your grocery cart away. Let me take that for you. Or if it's something big, like going to serve a ministry or something, but serving actually plays a role in or can play a role in like um hormone responses like dopamine and those things to where you actually get that like happy feeling essentially right like like almost like we were created to serve other people (laughs) right um and by doing things for other people right so like that really is, again, that's one of those small gifts. You know, we talked about like having somebody in your corner, but it's another one of those small gifts that can actually help pull you out of that day of struggling is actually just going and serving in some capacity, anything at all, whether that's a stranger or a family member or a coworker. Um, and that that is so hard because when you're in those moments, like you feel you feel like you don't have the energy to do it. You feel like nothing matters. You feel these things, but then you make that again, that one decision, whatever it may be. And then you make the decision to go serve and do something for somebody. It actually starts this chain of events to where, again, it does like you talked about, like 
it doesn't get rid of it. It doesn't eradicate it. It doesn't happen overnight, but it starts that momentum of starting to pull you out of this thing, you know, because I think, I think especially with depression, um, like that whole thing is just like, it's so inwardly focused where it's like, I feel this, I'm struggling with this. I don't know how to overcome this. And it's so inwardly focused that where, when you start to serve other people, again, however that looks, it starts to kind of break those walls off to where you start to see things more than just what you're going through. Does that make yeah. sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's huge, man. And, and I mean, we, you can think about times that you've done, you know, maybe a service project or something like that. Like that's when you feel the most energized, mm -hmm. right? Like you feel, and you're exhausted afterwards, right? Like maybe you're exhausted before and you're exhausted afterwards, but it's like, while you're doing it, like you're just, you, you mentioned it's inwardly focused because that whole focus is not on you anymore, right? right? Like you're completely focused on that other person and what they need or that group or whatever and what they need. And it doesn't matter how you feel at that point because you're so focused and you care about that other person. Um, and like you said, that's so freaking hard. Um, yeah. like you only want to be thinking about like, what, what can I do to make myself feel better? Um, and a lot of times, like you said, it's, there's a reason that we were like created to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a reason that he put that, like God put that in place for us. Um, that, Hey, when we serve other people, we, we get just as much out of it as they do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so there's, a, there's a ton of value in that. Um, so yeah, so healthy choices, make choices to be useful. And, and I think again, the key to a lot of this is like, you have to look for those things, for right? Sure. Like that's the first, that's the first choice, right? Is like, Hey, I'm going to intentionally try to see these things. Um, because if you just sit and wait for something, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> right. Uh, right. So being intentional about that. And then the last one is, uh, is grateful. Uh, and I say that the outro for this podcast, uh, is be one of the things is be intentionally grateful every single day. Um, and I think that's so important. Uh, there's so many studies and things out there about like gr gratitude being the number one factor in battling mental health. Um, like just the feeling of being grateful for something, um, and again, Jordan Peterson says it like we, a lot of times we overvalue what we don't have and we undervalue what we do have. Mm -hmm. Um, and that goes into like comparison and all that kind of stuff too. But again, I, I think every single person <clears throat> that I've ever met has something to be grateful for. Right. And, and that's overused, I think a lot. Um, and again, it's not designed to like minimize your struggles or anything like that. Um, Cause you'll also hear people that'll be like, Oh, you're struggling with this. Oh, well this person over here hasn't eaten in three weeks. Right. And it's like, well, that's not really helping me. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, again, it's perspective, right? Like that's, that's true. That's a, a true statement, uh -huh. right? There are people that are struggling with things that are worse than probably what you're struggling with. And that's a hundred percent true, but it doesn't minimize the things that you are going through. Right. And it doesn't make it any less real or any less painful for you. Um, but yeah, I think keeping keeping that perspective of like, man, there's so many things like in my life that I'm so grateful for mm -hmm. um, and trying to be. And again, that's something that you have to be like, you have to be intentional about because it's not if you if you're in that state where you're feeling depressed or you're anxious about something, like you're not naturally going to feel grateful. Right. Right. So like making that decision to be like, hey, I'm going to intentionally think about something that I'm like happy that I'm happy about yeah. that I'm grateful for. Um, I think that's, that goes a long way. Yeah, I, I agree. I think so at least for me, and again, this is just my personal experience with it is like, <clears throat> is on those days that, that you're just, you're, you're just dealing with it. You're just in the middle of it. Like making that decision to just get up. Right. And then physical activity always helps pull out and again i understand like i've i still deal with this of just being super exhausted from doing nothing right so then you think about like well I, now i need to go physically exert myself and even even like going for a walk seems exhausting like the idea yeah. of going for a walk seems exhausting but 
like going for a walk and just doing something physical, physically active, but like making that small, that first small decision, doing something physically active, serving somebody and then finding something to be grateful for. Like those, those steps in that order are, it, it severely changes the outcome of the day. And again, I, I keep saying day because every day seems to be different. Like we try and yeah. stack as many good days as we can on this thing, but like you, you'll stack like four days and then you'll have a bad day, right? Like you're like, yeah. I was having so much good momentum and then something happens. Right. But like, Oh, I say all that to say like, not like we need to understand the importance of physical act, especially for us, you know, in our fields of understanding, like the importance of physical activity for mental health, but also like it's, it's very easy for us to sit here and just go, well, be grateful for something it, you know, when you're in the middle of this thing. So maybe don't start with being grateful and you didn't, you started with like yeah. healthy and then useful and then grateful. Right. And I think that that's, that's key because you can't jump to the finish line without running the race, right? Like you right. have to go, okay, I know uh, like, like just being honest and going, okay, I'm dealing with this today. Cool. What do I need to do? That first thing I need to do is get up or yeah. drink that glass of water or something, right? Then go do something for somebody, whether that's your spouse, your kids, you're the coworker you don't like, whatever it might be. Then you can look and go, okay, there is something that I can be grateful for, even if it's not in this situation that I'm dealing with right now, right? Right. Because you're not going to find you're not going to, if I'm laying in bed thinking about how exhausting it is to get up, I'm not, even if it's true that there are things that I could be grateful for, I'm not going to find something to be grateful for. Right. So I have to do those, it, like in that order, that process to get there first and not just jump to the, and then also not just feeling guilty because you're, you're like, I'm laying in bed, I don't want to get up and I'm like, well, I can't find anything to be grateful for. Like, yeah, because you haven't done the work to get there yet, right? Right. So, like, giving yourself some grace to get there first and not just heaping guilt on top of the depression, anxiety, or whatever else you're dealing with, you yeah. know? Yeah, and I think what you said there with, um, like, stacking days and then, like, having a bad day, like, that's okay. Yeah. Right. Like, I think that's another piece to understand is like, if you think about it, if you're climbing a staircase and you climb up four stairs and you climb back down one, like, you're still three steps higher than where you started. Yeah, exactly. Right? And you're, you're heading in the right direction. Um, you know, and, and we can relate, you can again, relate all that stuff back to training, right? Like mm -hmm. that's to me, like stuff that we do in the gym relates so much. Like you can use so many analogies and metaphors of what happens in the gym to what happens in your life. Um, Right. Like there's going to be days where you build up, build up, build up, and then you don't hit a max or you, you know, don't hit what you wanted to do that day or you have a bad workout. It's like, right, bro, you, you did something right? right. Like let's come back tomorrow and let's try to try it again. Um, and, and so just like understanding, like it's, it's not going to be a perfect straight line up. Um, it's going to be zigzag, zigzag. It's going to be messy. Um, but like continuing to, to try to stack, good decisions on top of good hours to good days to good weeks yeah. to good months. Like it doesn't just, again, it's not a one-time decision. Um, and, and it's an interesting conversation for me because it's not, it's not a thing that I've like, I've never really struggled with it. So a lot of times it's hard for me to like talk about it because I, I've, it's not something that I've personally had a struggle with. I've seen other people struggle. I've been around people that, that struggle with, uh, with like mental health stuff. Um, so a lot of times, like it's harder for me to talk about it with people. Um, mm -hmm. but I think it's important for people like me to understand that, right. To have conversations with people who do struggle with it. Um, so that I can be a better coach. I can be a better husband, father, son, you know, whatever it is, um, to people that have those struggles. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a good conversation. Yeah. And I, I think that that's like, we talked about like having people like, you don't have to have somebody in your corner who has dealt with what you're dealing with. You just need somebody in your corner who's there who will just be with you. You know, I think yeah. people underestimate the, the, um, 
importance or the uh the effect of just having somebody with you right like yeah. i i was um compare it to like playing hide and seek when you're a kid like if you're playing hide and seek and you go and hide in a dark room by yourself as a kid like it can be scary but you go and hide in a dark room with a friend and you know it's there the exact same situation is now fun right right so like just having somebody in your corner with you that they don't have to have been in your shoes they just you just need to know that they're with you that's it yeah you know that makes all the difference in the world because again like it just it helps you understand you're not alone in this thing and i think so many people they're scared to talk about it because they're scared of um just the stigma of it so they're like well i'm gonna be dejected or made fun of for this thing so they try and just deal on it or deal with it on their own when in reality it's like if you would just find one person it would actually go a lot better for you yeah yeah for sure um yeah I, I think i think that's a huge one you know the environment that you're putting yourself in the people and you can say that with yeah anything you're doing right is can you know surrounding yourself with with good people um that want what's best for you um and that are that are there for you no matter what and kind of that judgment free mm -hmm. um you know mindset with it so yeah no it's it's a good conversation obviously there's a lot more that can can go into it um but i i think those are big right is, is understanding those principles like having having a good perspective and 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 we can take this from you know a parent towards a kid right developing a good perspective in that kid um identity wise like understanding that your identity has got to be rooted in something that's solid that's something mm -hmm. that's not going to change um and helping that kid understand like hey like you're you're not just an athlete like you're a person like and right. here here's what we're going to kind of base that around um and then having a purpose right having a why um whether it's you know why you're going to get out of bed today um or why you're doing this workout or why you're doing this thing or whatever but having that why um and having that purpose and then you know kind of those steps that we talked about right getting up like so take small steps get up mm -hmm. um, make a healthy decision whether it's water whether it's a walk whether it's a workout whether it's you know eating a fruit or whatever it might be um doing something that's useful for someone else uh and then being grateful for the things that we do have um so i hopefully those are steps that you know for people that are listening hopefully these are things that, that can help you um certainly we're not experts but we'd be happy to like talk to anybody that's got you know any of these issues that want to talk through anything um you know we're certainly available to to do that but um but yeah we'll probably revisit this subject at some point in maybe a different different light but um but yeah appreciate you listening and uh we'll catch you on the next one thanks for listening to the unlocking athletes podcast if you liked what you heard give us a follow comment and review if you are or know of an athlete that truly has the desire to maximize their potential please follow at eax underscore athlete academy and send us a message we do in-person and remote training for athletes in any sport and would love an opportunity to be a part of your journey. Until next time, be an example you want others to follow, be intentionally grateful every single day, and be the hardest worker in the room. Let's have a day.